What's good? You're listening to Wasted Radio. My name is Matt, and today I have, dare I say, my favorite hardcore band. I'm from Pennsylvania, so it's very difficult for me to not be loyal to my favorite PA hardcore bands. Wisdom and Chain, Strength for a Reason, Steel Nation. But I have to give it to this one. Know the score was so influential for me. And they were, man, just obnoxious and loud and abrasive and aggressive. And they were everything that I was looking for in a hardcore band at the time. Um, As a musician, definitely a huge inspiration. As a person, their music got me through some super hard times. I was lucky enough to sit down and talk with Jeffy Scott and Nick Smith from Know the Score. We had a great conversation. We kind of went through the whole chronology of the band which is a really interesting story. I hope you stick around and listen to it. Um, We are also talking about the album All Time Low, specifically because that album is 15 years old now. Uh, It's amazing. I can't believe that this music is this old already, but it is. Um, Before we jump into the show, I have two Know the Score songs. Uh, If you know Know the Score, they're pretty short and sweet. I have one off of uh, the album All Time Low, and I have another one that I want to play. Uh, but first, this is maybe my favorite track off of All Time Low. This is Hammerhead. Okay, so we did the song off of All Time Low. That was Hammerhead, Know the Score. Now, uh, Know the Score came back in 2020. They dropped an EP, or was it an album, I guess? Eight songs for Know the Score, too. It's about like six minutes. Um, But they dropped this. It's called Delay of Game. And my favorite song off of the album was uh, Merchant of Death. So I'm going to play Merchant of Death, and then that's going to take us into the interview. I hope you enjoy the show. This is a meaningful one for me. It's important. It's a really good band. They're an important band, and I hope you stick around and listen to the whole thing. All right? Check it out. Merchant of Death, Know the Score, and then my interview with Jeffy Scott and Nick Smith.
All right. You are here with Matt on Wasted Radio. I'm here with Jeffy and Nick of Know the Score. What's going on, guys? Yo, yo. What's up? up? Yeah. How's everybody doing? Pretty good. Great. Yeah. Thank you for having us on. Hey, I'm so happy to have you. you on, man. I had to have you on because we are at 15 years of all time low. So that album came out in 2007. Jeez. I know. Yeah, great. <laughs> Where does yeah. the time go? Well, I know. And uh, and that's kind of the thing, you know, um, know the score was uh, hugely impactful for me. I mean, when I found you guys, it was exactly what I was looking for in hardcore. I immediately started a band and proceeded to rip you off, booked you in my town, played another show <laughs> with you guys in PA. Um, it was just it was probably my favorite time in hardcore uh coming up so you know i mean i just want to put it out there you guys were hugely influential on me i i put it at my number one hardcore album of all time um but i really wanted to kind of just uh talk about the band a little bit because i don't know if i don't know if you guys have ever gone on a, a podcast and really talked about the band or talked about how the band started or anything like that and uh, i don't know if that knowledge is out there does anybody uh, this is uh, probably like the first time right nick yeah, really, really. Um, yeah, anything, anything, you know, just not, not kind of glossing over. We, and it's a pretty wild story. And when you think about it, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you, uh, Nick, why don't you get it started? I'd actually like to hear that story. Uh, when did it start, Jeff? When did, I think I, I think I met you. You're handing out protagonist flyers. I don't know. It's sometime in the late nineties. You're rocking yeah, that you. oxymoron hat. I was like, nice hat, bro. Yeah, that well, they used to have those all ages shows in Coral Springs because of Newfound Glory being from there. And like, was it the city that would put on local like yeah, the, the teen uh, shows or what Coral Springs Youth Commission? Yeah. I was playing in that band protagonist at the time and I was handing out flyers probably for the skate park or fucking we, we played with against the authority of, you know, a handful of times. And like, we were always trying to get on good shows and like flyer everywhere, like maniacs. And you were like, sick hat, dude. <laughs> I was yeah. like, yeah, I on the shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, and then we started talking, we were, I think cause of like, wasn't it Kyle? Um, Kyle that plays in dr- drums and protagonist now that was like our mutual friend and we were all kind of standing around BS and and then yeah we it, it turned out we had mutual friends um, and 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 I think at the time it was probably when I was doing on her own or shortly after I was doing on her own and yeah, it was very, very- you, I, I don't even remember, but s- somehow on our own and protagonists uh, played a bunch of shows together. I think through Carlos being tight with you guys, and we somehow we needed a fill-in drummer, and then you joined full time. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember correctly, or no, you you were like part-time or something you were like whenever 
whenever you need me. <laughs> yeah, because now I'm thinking about like how Nova started on that on her own tour, and I'm thinking like you were there, but you weren't. You weren't even. You weren't even there. Um, yeah, I was on half of the tour, and then oh I shit, think you, that's right. you hopped on the tour. Yeah, and I went home for the other half of the tour, and then you guys on her own went out to California and went to like West Coast Worldwide. And, yeah, you know. So, so, so yeah. all that stuff. To give some background, Jeffy and I used to play in a band called On Our Own with our buddy Carlos, and and pretty much know the score. And um, th- this band put out a record on Stab and Kill, um, which turned into a Perfect Victim Records, which put out like uh, Blue Monday, Slum Lords, um, A Team, a, a, b- a bunch of early two thousands bands. And um, yeah, like Je- Jeffy did part of the first U.S. tour we did. And then I was in the army at the time, so I, I could only get out for so many weeks. And then I did the second part of the tour and the shows were great. The shows were with, you know, bands like Strength for a Reason. Like like we played a couple nights with Strength for a Reason uh, out in California and, and Hoods in California and Ringworm and Punishment in California. Wow. I was going to say punishment too, right? Yeah. 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 Lifelong tragedy. Like right when they started, um, we played Mm -hmm. a few shows with them on that tour. Um, And you probably remember better than I do what you guys did on the East coast run of that. The East coast run, we started it in Erie PA and fucking Steve Polcat fucking Steve Pullman fucking rode up there and fucking was hanging out with us and shit. And fucking, it was great. We played like one or two more shows. We played, I think, in New Jersey at like Hamilton Street Cafe, I think. Or it might have been Bloomfield Aft Cafe or whatever. One of those venues that um, the guy from Ensign was running. And then we came, drove all the way back down to fucking Florida and swapped out. And you went on the rest of the tour and I went home. Yeah. So weird. And this this was also like before there was GPS and... Like we had MapQuest, you know. Yeah, uh, dude. <laughs> to all venues, it, it man, it was, to think about it now, it's like the stupidest shit ever. Like I, I know, anyone you're like going to do that. But dude, uh, you're going to like public libraries on the road to try to look shit up and fucking. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, anyways. Long story short, we played in a band called On Our Own together. Um, and well, on. Um, that tour or another tour, um, the bass player, Pete, who sings for Know the Score, him and I were talking about doing a band that was more like along the lines of uh, more like internal affairs, knife fight, but kind of like a Cleveland, a little bit of a Cleveland influence. And uh, I had written some songs for On Our Own that were didn't really fit them um and we decided when we got back that we were going to do another band with with pete singing and obviously we tapped jeffy and you know jeffy just being the amazing drummer that he is he you know he's you know we were like hey we want to play a fast band and he's like i'm in like let's do it Mm So I was like playing in protagonist and the songs were just a little longer than I was like feeling, you know, I wanted to be 
in a band that was faster and harder and hit harder. And these guys came to me and were like, what's up? And I was like, hell yeah, dude. Cause I was really into like short course stuff and like all that Philly street punk shit. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to keep going heavier, get it hitting harder and harder. And, you know, I was yeah, is super like, down to get the band with them. Is this like 2002? This is probably yeah. 2003. Okay. Yeah, probably 2000. So I went, I was joined the army in 2002 and then I got back. Um, yeah, that's a funny, that's a funny story. We should tell them that one. Yeah, I got, well, I got back from that in 2003 from basic and AIT. And then, yeah, 2003. Um, that summer's when we did that tour. So that's when we started to know the score. And then in later on in 2003, like right around, what was it? Probably our first show. Then I got my orders to go to Afghanistan. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Yeah. We played our first shows were, well, it was the alley in Ocala, wasn't it? Yeah. The, the alley in one, Miami. The first, no, Ocala was the first one. It was with, um, oh, okay. Yeah, Barrier yeah. Dead um kids like us uh i'm probably some other shitty fucking metal bands metal core bands um that's a killer but uh though bury your dead and kids like us yeah our 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 buddy drew from um seven star booked the show and was just like yo let me let me can you know put it together like you guys can uh open it up and you know, the seven star dudes always looked out. Um, we played shows together when we were in on our own. And, you know, we told them it was like Cleveland style hardcore, but maybe a little shorter, a little faster. And uh, they were into it. Um, and yeah, they, it was a big show. Yeah. The seven star dudes were always so fucking cool to us, man. They were yeah, the best. Big into seven star. They're such a good band brood of vipers was such an epic album too yeah yeah there was yeah yeah, i mean you you talk about like a band that's you you talk about hardcore and being diverse and being an open place where you can share ideas and blah 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 this is a christian hardcore band and they're rocking ringworm shirts you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's cool. Like, it just just very accepting, very humble, and hard um, as fuck. And yeah, vocalist. I, I have no idea how that vocalist can talk after a set. Like, Dude. just the the way his voice sounds. Like, how does that sound the coming best. out of you, man? Yeah, that dude was an animal. Uh, I think his fucking drummer was on. insane. Yeah, Seven Star was a great band. I mean, like one guitar player, but still really heavy and toured with every i mean they they would they would play with die young they would play with you know the the face down crowd it didn't matter they were just like a hardcore band and and they were always cool to us so seven star rules but um let's get back to know the score because so we're right around the time where you went to afghanistan nick um how long were you in afghanistan for uh a little over 15 months so i was out there and um we were we had cut a demo played a few shows 
I dipped out to Afghanistan. Um, I think I came back on leave for two weeks. Jeffy and I got together. Jeffy had wrote some stuff. I had wrote some stuff. Um, I was able to send riffs uh, that I was writing out there. And I think we pretty much put together what would be the first record um, song-wise. And then I, I had to go back to Afghanistan. And Jeffy can probably elaborate on the rest of that because I, I really wasn't involved at that point. Well, yeah, we laid the first demo down with this dude named Anthony Lovatis, who's actually like, a, he's like huge in like music now, like uh, like EDM and stuff like that. And he, but he was a friend, and so he laid it down with us. We definitely recorded rolling dice on the fucking tile floor. That was, yeah, because we were all about playing CeeLo back in the day. Yep. <laughs> and like, put a microphone down to the floor so we can roll the fucking dice and record it and shit. <laughs> like, hell yeah. But when you went, then you sent us songs and shit, and we kind of, like, figured out the rest of what the first thing would be, didn't we? I... I I'm drawing a blank. I feel like we did. I, I want to say you were gone while we recorded it. You, yeah, <laughs> I, I was definitely <laughs> gone while you recorded. Um, yeah. So Nick, you did. I think we demoed some songs album? when you came back, and yeah. Yeah. So I, I never played anything on the first record um, because I was in Afghanistan, and the plan was for them to kind of put everything together and do everything. Um, and then when I got back, we were going to do something with the record. And I think because I was gone, um, we tapped Jared from uh, on our own to play guitar because I started out playing guitar. So then Jared joined the band and uh, which was a natural fit. I mean, we were all, dudes from on our own anyways um yeah we like yeah. yeah well now um so for anybody listening we're talking about all guts no glory yes um, yeah that's the first yeah, record. yeah. <laughs> we didn't we didn't Sorry. say that but no it's all good it's all good um so so we're talking about all guts no glory um so you did uh is that considered a second tour if you come home for a couple weeks and then you go back out no this, I, I, I was just yeah i was just home on leave um and then i was only supposed to be there a year but i got an extension um man this is what it is but uh mm-hmm. you yeah, did I, yeah i got back and then we kind of started to do stuff i think around that record and um our buddy lowell ran a record label called goodbye blue skies which um put out kingdom um black my heart um i don't know what else he put out around that time those are all good bands. yeah some earlier stuff was like kite flying society and like some more like uh emo hardcore stuff too like Mm -hmm. He had a pretty good roster, like different stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and he was the homie. So it was great to like, just work with a friend and have him put it out, you know? Sure. Yeah. And he was the fucking. Host. Did great you guys guy. put that out on uh, vinyl or did that only go to CD? Just CD back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just CD. That was like in the era where not a lot of vinyls were getting pressed. 
that like was that early pre, 2000s. pre-vinyl fucking resurgence yeah 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 <laughs> we um he did the cd and it sold out pretty quick i don't know what he per- pressed of it but uh it sold out pretty quick and i think that's around the time we started playing weekend shows out of uh out of um we're all over the place like philly and and all up and down the east coast um around that time we we would do a thing where we would leave thursday night to drive overnight to the mid-atlantic region from florida Mm -hmm. and try to get to like richmond or pittsburgh or philly and then play friday saturday sunday in the northeast and then sunday night after the show drive through the night back to florida usually would miss the one day of work on monday and then like be able to get back to fucking work and shit but we would do these like crazy long drives to texas to do that and fucking you know like normal shit when you get cool shows fucking mm-hmm. suck it up and fucking drive sure but it was great because like otherwise you don't ever get out of florida it's so fucking far down mm-hmm. to miami you know you got to drive five hours just to start getting out of the state yeah so oh yeah it was like fuck it we're going now um around this time did you guys start writing for all-time low then well we so nick started playing bass we kept jared in the band um and we had our friend chad from he was playing in deadweight at that time right nick he was yeah he was playing in deadweight and and I, I still had some army obligations, so I had to drop out from time to time. And so there was like little tours and stuff I couldn't do. So I think you guys had Chad fill in and it just made yeah. more sense for me to go to bass and him to go to guitar because he's a really great guitar player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, he's an amazing guitar player. Yeah. So okay. he went on to do some time in like Shia Lude and all this other cool stuff after Know the Score. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Dead Weight too, another great band, by the way. Um, yeah. You guys had, nice. you guys had a shit pile of really good bands down there. You know, you guys came out of such a good scene. I I might beg to differ. Um, <laughs> I have no ties with most of the, those people, so I can speak honestly. Um, a lot of those bands. I'm not speaking on Deadway. Obviously, I put their record out. I, I love those guys. Um, but a, a lot of what Know the Score was was a reaction to what was going on in South Florida, okay. which was not, um, you know, we weren't into dinosaurs surfing on pizza and all that fucking mm-hmm. bullshit and <laughs> a lot of that shitty mosh whatever stuff that i mean i wouldn't even know what to call it. it it there was just no real traditional hardcore going on in south florida at that time yeah i mean th- th- there was definitely things coming out of florida that were extremely fucking corny and i couldn't relate to at all um i i and i'm speaking probably for most of us we we it just was like goofy it was just sure. goofy you know, like Red Baron and all that other crap. Like, and it's like in hindsight, it's like, where are some of those dudes now? They're not playing in bands. They don't go to shows. I mean, you know, 
not talking about Mike C because he's still heavily involved in extreme music and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I just one of my favorite parts about Know the Score was the shit talk. So I would be <laughs> remiss if we didn't bring it up. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you know, it, it it's it's just like. You the last real fast hardcore band you had from South Florida was where Fear and Weapons meet, and they did a piss poor job of trying to sell out, which they acknowledge, and, and they fell flat on their face. And sure. you know, besides them, it was like who else? It was like trust no one, stop playing shows. Really, uh, Brethren really stopped playing shows, mm-hmm. and the rest of it was just a lot of corny stuff. Right. Um, you know. And you look at like the bands of that era in South Florida hardcore, and it's like nobody nobody cares or remembers any of them until right. I, I don't know maybe ten years ago when you had bands like you know day by or uh, day by day and or, and uh, you know like the seed, seeds of pain and uh, you know that whole right. crop of bands that hit list and all that stuff that you know, blistered and all, all that stuff that just came out of there. And it was like game busters, you know, like mm-hmm. those bands are worth remembering because they're pretty good. You know, they, they, yeah. they did a lot. They invested a lot, you know, a lot of those bands, you know, during around our time were just, I, I don't know. It's, I, it's just not my thing. No, I understand. And there was, Oh, go ahead, Jeff please well i was just gonna say that like those kids like reacted to the fact that like after we stopped playing shit down there like fast shit it was a lot of just heavy stuff too and then they they wanted to bring that youth fucking shit in it's awesome you know mm-hmm. that was cool when they came through started making those really fucking good bands dude they're awesome now yeah. i i i also have to bring up um you know we're we're, we're kind of dancing with but double or nothing records um you put out I, I, were you both involved in the label? Yes, yeah. I just helped those guys kind of. Right? Je- Jeffy was very involved in the label. He's Jeffy. trying to model. <laughs> did a lot of the artwork for the the different um, album covers too, didn't you? No, Pete handled all the all the artwork. Um, yeah. I kind of just dealt with the bands and all the bullshit. Well, <laughs> I I have to say. Um, you guys, because I was like on the DON board back in the day, uh, which was <laughs> <laughs> big smiles for somebody. Better left unmentioned. Cheers. Jeez. <laughs> ah, but um, but uh, you guys introduced me to a lot of my favorite hardcore bands. Seriously, like um, Die Young, it's really Dead nice Weight, to say. Dance Floor Justice, Fight Like Hell, Colin of Arabia, Under One Flag, um unreal city and steel nation i knew because they were in our area but still i mean yeah um you know power trip i, I wouldn't have gotten into power trip without uh double or nothing uh, mongoloids crucified take offense um not without resistance who was yeah. you know from 20 minutes or 30 minutes from where i'm at right now and and you know like i don't know i mean i just i don't know i i, I don't know what accolades you guys get or have ever gotten for doing double or nothing records but i mean you have released some of the most just down ass fucking hardcore records <laughs> like seriously I, I mean uh rabbit as wolves uh by fight like hell i still listen to 
at least once a week. Uh, one night in it destiny. Made record. Yeah, it's one night in record. destiny. The neon hookers. Uh, soul swallower. Steel nation. Um, words fail. Ignite the will. Um, oh man, you're going deep on that one. Yeah, I know, but like these are these are like records mm-hmm. that like yeah. I, I you know I followed, I bought them, and I love these records. Donnie Brook lines in this game is uh, probably one of my favorite records of all time, which I would put right up there with know the score all time low like they were all donnie brook and know the score were donnie brook would be above us because we stole a donnie brook riff did so. you <laughs> I, I should say i did but what donnie brook riff yeah. did you steal? uh if you listen to what what is it jeffy is it malicious intent it, it might be yeah yeah probably <laughs> but i can't remember we, we, we definitely but... borrowed a riff from them so maybe oh, we borrowed a few riffs over the years. Yeah. No, when I, uh, <laughs> uh, Nick, when I met you in Altoona, um, you showed me your one life crew tattoo on your leg and you said, you were like, I know that you like our band, but we're basically just a one life crew ripoff band. And I was <laughs> like, I was uh, like, well, you're, you're humble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're not. Yeah. Just, just listen to one life crew. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, OLC and really like if if I try to explain what the influence is, the lens might be a little different, and and the final product really isn't the combination of what I'm saying. But if you look at it in a sense of like take a band like One Life Crew, or you take a band, um, you know, maybe more a traditional harder band, but you kind of trying to filter it through like a negative approach Mm -hmm. um that's kind of what we were going for and it sounds stupid and it sounds like it doesn't make sense i get it but it's like nobody like we would always say we're too we're too fast for the heavy bands and we're too heavy for the fast bands um you know and we weren't like some like dirgy like uh you know sludgy fast band that would have like these you know go into like a slow black sabbath part so we weren't part of that dirt ball scene um yeah we weren't we weren't part of the tragedy scene like uh, yeah like like, and and we weren't like like full-on locking out type stuff so it's Mm -hmm. if you kind of look at what olc was doing is they're playing traditional hardcore just a lot harder Mm -hmm. uh and the songs were short and we just wanted to do that, but shorter. Well, and you guys definitely embodied that Cleveland sound that you're talking about too, the confront OLC ringworm type hardcore. And um, I, I also think too, that you're doing that really well with live it down. Um, the EP that you guys put out is classically Cleveland. Like you could, you could have put that out and said, this is something that we found that was unreleased from the nineties. And I think people would have believed you. Like, it's just, <laughs> it, it sounds, it, it's, it's great. I <laughs> like, yeah. it really I, is. It's, they put a lot of work into that. Those guys, um, they, they put a lot of work in that and, and Woods is, you know, a student to Cleveland hardcore, just like, you know, some of the rest of the guys in the band, like, you know, um so I'm, I'm sure he would love to hear that 
Yeah. Are you um are you originally from Cleveland? Yeah, I'm I'm originally from Cleveland. Um I transplanted down to Florida um like uh, freshman year of high school. Okay. All right. Um so uh let's get back to know the score and all time low. So right around this time, um I take it at the beginning of all time low was probably the strongest point for the band. You guys had a full lineup. You were all stateside and you wrote and recorded this album together. Yeah. Yeah. It started, it started really getting some steam behind it then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, was this right around the time too, that you guys were working with eulogy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So You you probably could speak on this better than me. Eh, uh, well, it, it was like <laughs> we were working with Eulogy, and never wanted to like be like, "Hey, put our shit out." But then he was like, "You know, I'd put it out." We're like, "Okay, cool," and gave us an excuse to be able to get on some like weekend tours and two week tours and get a little leeway at work, um, and fucking. Yeah, so we fucking went with it. It was cool. It was good. It was exactly, you know, we could go out and play and fucking do 15 minutes and try to shred your face off. But, like, you know, them helping us get, like, shit out to people and new people to check us out, like, helped us out a lot, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, at that time, it was important to have distribution because the, the internet wasn't popping in, in the yeah. way... It is now where, you know what I mean? Bands would put up like, here's a single song to download. Like (laughs) if you didn't hit that shit in Best Buy or Hot Topic, which we did, we had our records in those stores and, you know, which was cool. Like I can't speak ill of the opportunities that were provided because we went with a label like that. You know, we recorded with, John, Jonathan Nunez from Torch. You know what I mean? The guy from Torch is recording our fucking aggro uh, hardcore band. Like, Very cool. Yeah. You know, make it make sense. He killed it. And it is so loud, too. I mean, that that album is just... That's the thing, is he was all about being as loud and fucking yeah. hit it as hard as possible. Well, I think you... Dude, that bass that. tone on it's like weird and punchy as fuck. Yeah. Like, well, that, I don't know. We just wanted that shit to always, be crazy. Yeah. That's one thing I always loved about uh, Know the Score was the bass tone for sure. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. It's super distinct, super, super abrasive. I mean, just everything about the band is is pretty much from start to finish an, an assault. There's very few down points. You know, it's, it's super Dude, energy, just... just start to finish just wanted to have a heavy as foot as possible when playing and have that shit hit as hard as fuck. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, to sound like a fucking dullard percussion so much, but like, um, yeah, dude, fucking, uh, he captured it. Great. It was awesome. He was the yeah, best for sure. And, uh, like I said earlier, if it wasn't for the eulogy compilation, um, I mean, I'm sure I would have found you guys, but I probably would have found you a lot later. Um, where we were at, <laughs> it was, you know, either word of mouth 
how we found out about bands or it was through, um, I mean, everybody around here paid attention to face down eulogy and other than that, it was like, you know, bands that came through maybe spook city or, um, filled with hate. That's a, that's a, that's a label I haven't heard in like a decade. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. And you know, at that, at that time, um, those were pretty much, you know, at least what I was paying attention to. I'm trying to think. Yeah, they were huge. That was a huge label. Yeah. For yeah. Hardcore. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, another one question that I had for you. Um, how'd you guys get linked up with the Barricade guys? Um, I think Ziggy was a fan know the score i could be wrong i could be completely wrong here but we definitely played <laughs> shows together and yeah. we felt it, it was weird we always felt akin when we would play with all the um pennsylvania bands we always yeah. felt like we felt more at home in pennsylvania than we ever did in florida to be honest in my opinion um i agree yeah and and we played shows with Barricade. We liked them as people. We liked their music. And it just made sense um, to try to do stuff with them. And, uh, you know, I f fast forward years later, I would end up filling in for One Life Crew in London and uh, Ziggy from Barricade's playing bass. So. Yeah stranger things have happened but not that strange <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah i'm friends with I, i've known ziggy for god i met ziggy when i was in high school so it's been that long um but i remember when i brought you guys to altoona because i hit you up through myspace and <laughs> i think you guys were you were up here for something i think you might have been playing in maryland or whatever and you played the show for me for 200 bucks. And then I remember, I think it was you guys who had suggested barricade hopping on. And then my phone started blowing up with people from around here that were like, yo, barricade has to play that show. And it was like, it was like, I was being told that barricade is playing this show. And I was like, everybody relax, relax. Barricade is playing the show. I promise. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that uh, Barricade played for free. Uh, I can't remember who else played. Um, I think it was I think it was you guys, Barricade, not without resistance, um, at the Lions Den in Altoona. Um, I vaguely, I vaguely remember this, um, but I definitely remember playing Altoona. Yeah. Oh yeah, we were. So I definitely good. remember meeting you. I definitely remember playing that show. Wasn't there like a sheets down the street from uh, the... right across? Yeah. Right across. Yeah. The old sheets. That yeah, was right yeah, across the street from the, um, yep. Yeah. That was our, I have words about that, that sheets and wild, wild talk. You and Johnny were talking about too. Yo. Okay. So I just had John torn on <laughs> um, a couple days ago and this is, this is uh, becoming a thing with this fucking show. So people have strong opinions on the sheets and wawa bullshit i didn't Dude, she, so well, sheets is red shit man plain and simple sheets is redneck shit but yeah fucking, you're a fucking redneck 
you're a hillbilly. <laughs> like I don't. I mean, there's hillbillies everywhere in Pennsylvania, but that's what it is. You, where have you ever seen a fucking sheets in, in a city? Yeah, because it's hillbilly shit. You buy you're fucking, right. You buy deep fried fake cheese bullshit, and and, and you get some <laughs> fucking garbage ass uh, chewing tobacco or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Like, Sounds that like we have a bogey, you get some iced tea. Like, have some self-respect. Like, who, who the fuck is eating that shit? It's garbage. Jeff, it's so funny. It's so funny. He was he was like so relaxed talking about know the score. But if you really want to get him going, bring oh, up oh, sheets. Here. I used to throw sheets because the, years ago you couldn't find honest tea anywhere, and I, and I I only drink unsweetened iced tea, and I would get honest tea from sheets and that's the only reason i like them but after a while it's like it, it did like sheets is the same as a 7-eleven wawa actually has a fucking deli okay they have a deli where they produce all all the things for the deli they have their own lines of teas and things like that that are far superior and anybody can take the pepsi challenge on that 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 the wawa teas and lemonades and all that stuff is way better the chocolate milk way better you know i don't even fucking take, eat dairy but i'll tell you it's way better i know it is so you're kidding <laughs> yourself. it's hillbilly shit it's plain and simple you, you see where are the sheets at they're all in the hillbilly areas like, you know what it's <laughs> funny it's funny because you're saying the same exact shit that i said but like in just in a different way see like i agree <laughs> i agree uh, Wawa has better subs. Yeah, Sheets has better fried food. But I mean, yeah. nothing chases a nice mac and cheese nugget down better than a clean, honest tea, right, Nick? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. If you if you like the fucking <laughs> fried cheese Dorito crusted, blah blah blah, then yeah, you probably love that shit. But but plain and simple, you you just don't see a Sheets. I I don't. I've never seen a Sheets in a city. I see them in rural fucking areas. Yeah. And and it's always sure. some fucking dumb, fat, Trump-supporting goofball, Blue Lives Matter, pig, whatever, wearing pink urban camo, you know, buying two packs of marbles and scarfing <laughs> down fucking Cheeto, hot Cheeto fried whatever the fuck. And it's like, dude, I'm, I'm just – Trying to get a you know a bottle of water or something. You get the fuck out, right? <laughs> like. It's funny too because um, the other day I was just saying about how sheets is like. It, it, if you look at the sheets in Wawa territories, it's like looking at a political map, and sheets is like the red states. The sheets territories is like red states, and Wawa is like blue oh, states. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, the caveat is when you go to Wawa, you're probably going to run into a few crackheads. And, you know, there's a good chance that, you know, things like that do occur. But I'm just speaking because, okay, there's, there's a character over by yeah, my if you uh, haven't practice ran into, spot. If you haven't ran yeah. into crackheads at Sheets, you're not going to the right Sheets. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which I'm, I'm okay with. I, I, I have more, I'm more sympathetic towards crackheads than fucking Hillrod, Hasey, Bumblefuck, goofballs. Dude, I got to worry about running into fucking like Rick to life at my Wawa. <laughs> I see him in there and shit. I'm like, oh, fuck. 
hide the kill your idols tattoo he's going to try to talk to you <laughs> fucking so i do go to the sheets here sometimes just because you know whatever because rick's there Wawa's preferred <laughs> all right so we have so we have two wawa fans yes yes definitely yeah. see Bose. Bose was neutral on it um, well i don't like how he's t- talking that shit about royal farms either yeah, well, Dude, I, don't have farms, a, I don't have a steak. Got the chicken, this. dog. It's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the thing that Baltimore has. Don't take that away from us. Don't, nobody's trying we got to that in pit beef. Pit beef? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... Uh, Yo, pit beef, dog. <laughs> and, and the other John, uh, John Torn, he was a Sheets fan. So... Uh, okay. Yeah, he even had he even had a when I was talking to him, he even wore a sheets shirt. And I was like, You don't even live like you live in Albany, you don't live anywhere near Sheets territory. And he's like, dude, I love sheets. And I was like, All right, I'm, you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> like weird. we have like 15 <laughs> sheets here in Altoona. So that's not an example. Nick. Is there anything in Ohio that's like the equivalent? Don't know. There's sheets everywhere in Ohio. That's why I say it's uh, right shit. <laughs> Makes more sense now. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's the re. I'm, I'm speaking on my experience because there's one over by our practice space, and I'll usually go there to fuel up and get a car wash or whatever. And it's like every time I'm fucking there, it's just the worst mixture of human DNA possible in one <laughs> area. But that also could be a reflection of the gene pool of Ohio. But who knows. Did you ever see the no Wawa's in Florida shirt that we made back in the day? No. No, I remember the uh the shirts that Dumb said it's like and fucking itself. goofy fucking shit. Yeah. At least we never had a shirt with a gun on it or a skull on it or brass knuckles on it or uh, a dinosaur surfing on pizza or an upside down cross or uh, you know, a pentagram, pentagram, a pentagram surfing on pizza, um, yeah. with brass knuckles, <laughs> with brass knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> so, uh, so all time low, I want to know about, um, a, a little bit more about this album. I do have a couple questions about it. Uh, first of yeah. all, where did you guys record it at? So it was called Southern noise, right? Yep, I, I couldn't remember the name of the actual studio. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, okay. it was Southern Noise with Jonathan Nunez, and you know, um, it's down in Miami, right by the airport down there. He had done, he did some shit for Donnie Brook when they rolled through one time. He did um, a few other, like he was working with Eulogy a bunch on different stuff. Um, he did like so he did ours too. Kids know? like us, kids yep. like us. Die Young. Um, bunch yeah, of you did Graven Images, names. right? What's, yeah, yeah, Graven Images. Um, he, he did a bunch of stuff. Yeah, that record, record sounds great. Fucking, I like that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, Nick, did you play guitar on the album? Yeah, I actually played a few tracks on that. Um, most of it was Jared or Jeffy, but I actually, I did play, there was a few songs I did play tracks on. Um, and do and you I'm, remember, do you remember what, uh, the guitar setup was that you were playing out of? Yes. This is very controversial because I'm a guy 
who at the time I, I wanted the guitars to be like like a rhythm death metal style guitar tone and that was like a no-no everyone's like no no i'm like gain all the way up highs on pretty much all the way up you know mids maybe not not fully scooped and a lot of bass and just all the presence you can and you know we used a 5150 and then we had um i'm pretty sure yeah we had the mesa dual rectifier so i got this mesa dual rectifier which was cool because it was um used on the morning again records it was used on the until the end records um probably on culture records too um so i had that and we used that as well i think so and i think we used jeffy didn't you have a les paul did we use a les paul and then some LTDs. I had a Les Paul at the time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we did the. We had a Viper on it, and we had a Les Paul on it. I think those were the only guitars, right? Yeah, I think I think that just those those two or three. Um, but it was, was yeah. It Fender it, Jazz bass, or was it? It was either a Fender Jazz bass or it was your Viper bass. I can't I remember, remember the which Viper one. bass. Yeah, I held the Viper yeah. bass. Yeah, I wish I still had that. I gave it to a cousin because he was learning all these instruments. Now he's some big wig at uh, Sweetwater. Um, oh, really? <laughs> so it's funny how that works out. Does he still have the Viper? Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. I should ask him. I must. I might see him over Easter. Yeah, give it back. You should ask him at Easter. <laughs> okay, we need that back. <laughs> that shit back, buddy. That's cool. Um. <laughs> so uh i like the 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 tone i mean i'm a guitar player and the tone was the biggest thing about that album i think that probably stuck out to me just musically um because like you said i mean it was not exactly like you know your average guitar tone it was like hyper aggressive and it just kind of clawed at you as you were listening to the album um and it's interesting, I don't know if you did it intentionally, but it's interesting how like um, the, uh, the, the aggression of the music, the tone of the music, and the lyrical content of the music just all kind of blended together into, you know what I mean? Like it, it was almost like the, the music was kind of saying the same thing that the vocalist was saying. And I just always, like thought, I always thought that was super unique about that album. We did a thing where, like, I mean, you know, you do a bunch of layers of guitars and shit, but then, like, at the end, we added one extra one that was just made to sound sloppy and crunchy and nasty and fucking to just layer on top of it to make it just even a little more fucking abrasive. Um, I so remember that being something that we did to try to get that. Dude, I think there's four. I, I do. Oh, yeah, I think there but was a lot. It of might just be three, but I think it was three, like, just straight playing and then one extra that was just like clunky, noisy, shitty, you know? Huh. That makes sense. Yeah. No, tried no, to get it like make it as gnarly as possible, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a super gnarly record. Well, I I Nick, I think 
I was always trying to achieve that fucking nasty shit that kill your idols could pull off where they could like pick slide these fucking gnarly fucking things and get crazy feedback and shit. I was always pushing for more feedback, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so after all time low, uh, I guess the next one that came out was you did a five song that had an OLC cover. Um, that was all guts, still no glory, the all guts, no glory re-release. And you did a couple new songs on there and that had, I'm spitballing here. I don't have them written down in front of me, but that had a concrete coffin, which was a dope yeah, song. Yeah. Um, DNC. Yeah. Um, I remember, and Nick, you probably don't remember this way from way back in the day, but I think I messaged you guys on MySpace about that album. And you guys were saying that something happened with the guy that recorded it or something. And like that, oh, you, you didn't it, get the proper mixes or it was, yeah. It was so, a fucking mess. Yeah. What happened there? I'm, I'm interested I, I'll, in that. I'll, I'll take responsibility for that because that probably a lot of that fell on me. So we recorded at the same studio, but we recorded with a different guy because Jonathan was like out on tour with Torch all the time. And uh, we had a tour lined up that was, you know, we were doing the next big thing where you work with a booking agent because they're going to get you these amazing tours and you're going to get good hardcore tours and blah, fucking blah. Uh, So we tried to play the game. We scheduled a bunch of shit around this stupid fucking tour. Uh, So we're rushing in the studio to get this done. We're working with this guy who really, for what it's worth, he he really didn't give a shit. Uh, You know, I'm showing him guitar tones of what I'm trying to achieve and he's just not hitting it. Mm -hmm. Whatever. We, we get this guy who's local to try to mix it and, He's like, yeah, 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 I'll take care of it. And it's just not, it's just not turning out right. Like it's sonically, it's just a fucking mess. And it came down to, well, do you want to have this record out for this tour? Or do you not want to have a new, you know, this, this re-release with new material? Mm -hmm. And we're like, you know, fuck it, just put it out, Mm -hmm. which was stupid on my part and yeah it shouldn't have done that and then what would you have then, done instead in hindsight um, in in hindsight you know in hindsight the the i was not happy with the drum tones at all the guitar tones sound like they were played through uh you know a headphone speaker they're very small yeah yeah it's you know, this it's funny, the stuff I'm showing him, like, you know, I want it real rhythm, rhythmatic, you know, something like a bolt thrower or something like that, where it's like, you know, just heavy, heavy, thick chainsaw style guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we come up with. It's the, the, he just didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Um, and, and 
maybe I was too bashful or unknowledgeable to say, ah, no, chief, this is fucked up. Stop. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so so honestly, re- we really weren't happy with those, how they turned out. Um, and at that time, there was a huge lineup change. Um, people were coming and going. Um, yeah, you had a uh, barricades drummer for a minute there, didn't you? Um, well, well, yeah, yeah. He, um, Dylan did play in yeah. with barricade for a little while. Um, he played in barriers, not bridges. Um, he played with the mongoloids for a little bit as well. Um, played maybe with kingdom, maybe I can't remember. That's likely, I, think I he, saw, yeah, I think he played with kingdom, yeah. Yeah, he did he had that band Weight of the World after Know the Score? Yeah, that's right. He did. And Dylan, Dylan's a good guy. I got n- no beefs about it. It just you, at the time, Jeffy, I mean, Jeff, Jeffy moved to New York for a little bit, did a stint there, and then, you know, came back. <laughs> Brief and, holiday. Yeah. Came <laughs> back and started playing guitar instead of drums on the, in the band, you know, and which was cool. Like, you know, um, but it, it just, Honestly, we were we were trying to do the booking agent thing. We were trying to do this, you know, let's go out on these bigger tours and try to get this record out and all that. I, I guess you would call it industry shit, which was fucking stupid because we're not a band that sounds like that. And we wouldn't have any type of success in that realm anyways, mm-hmm. um, especially yeah, we, didn't, we didn't have anybody. Yeah, it, Sorry, it, go ahead. We, you know, but you're right. We were just trying to play the game that we should have never been a part of. Really. Yeah. And then we didn't have anybody to tell us like, hey, don't worry about that. Just be you, you know, and like uh, and like as much as we were about being ourselves, that was like the area where we fucking like we're like, oh, that's what you're supposed to do. Right. So just to try to go on to work. You're not on Still No Glory. No, I wasn't on those songs. Yeah. Okay. You know, I was I pulling noticed... my Goodwill hunting. I had to go see about a girl, you know? Ah. <laughs> um, I noticed oh, the, uh, the biggest difference in that, in that release for me, <laughs> um, as small as it may be, uh, the one, the only, well, the one thing that drove me crazy about that was the metal click bass. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, it just didn't sound, you know what I mean? Um, but even like at the beginning of like bullshit artists, that guitar line, um, I I agree with you too. Like the, the it sounds like it's being played out of like a three inch speaker, you know. Yeah, it sounds fucking terrible. Like like I showed him the murder weapon record. I showed him like no warning. I showed him both bolt thrower. I'm showing him Morbid Angel. I'm showing him Obituary. All bands that have real thick guitar tones, and that's what we turned out with. And you know, I I'm the last person who should have been have any responsibility with studio stuff at that time in my life because i was just a maniac mm-hmm. um but yeah it and and you live you learn um we weren't happy with it um were there ever any considerations of re-recording those songs i don't think so i don't i i i don't know what about you jeff did did you yeah. did, did you even write any of those riffs? 
I didn't write any of those riffs, but when I came back and started playing with everybody again, Dylan stayed on drums and I started playing guitar. And dude, did we have a, another guitarist or was I just doing an AB switch and using two cabs? I think I, I, remember. I remember we played This Is Hardcore and you just played guitar. Just yeah. guitar and, uh, and then you on bass neck? Yeah. Yeah. So what, happened, then, to, what um, happened to Jared at that point? Just, just See, throwing up stuff. Throwing up shit. Work and stuff. Jobs. Yeah. You know, with it, uh, J- Jared had grown up stuff. He couldn't do the touring we were doing. Um, Chad had got tapped to do, uh, join Shy Halud and go on tour with Maple and shit. And it's like, yeah, you're not turning that down. Cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we went through a bunch of lineup changes and it just, I don't know. It's, I think it started taxing on everybody and it wasn't fun. Sure. Well, dude, we, we wrote, did me and you just write all those songs? Yeah. But we wrote like a whole full length worth of songs and demoed them. And Mm -hmm. the demo got lost to the fucking, some hard drive somewhere, somewhere in a fucking dump probably. So we had like a whole record that we didn't get to. We had book time at, um, what was that studio in Tampa? Um, was it Manta? It was Manta. Okay. So, so our goal with our, our record was because I was so pissed on how shitty everything was, was to throw a bunch of money to go record with Eric uh, Rutan, whatever the fuck his name is from, from Hate Eternal. He, he opened that, I think it was Mana Studios up in Tampa, which was, they were doing all death metal shit. And he had just done the Cannibal Corpse record and stuff like that. So my thought process was like, yo, we'll be the first fucking hardcore band to go record with those that that dude in that studio. And he'll make it sound exactly how we want it to sound. Then like five, six, seven, eight years later, Madball records there and like other hardcore bands record there. And it's just like, which is cool, but yeah, it yeah. would have been like if those been. songs were recorded there, it sound a thousand times better. Are you but, guys yeah. um, big death metal fans? I wouldn't say, but I, growing up when the, when I grew up, I mean, you, not everybody was hardcore. So you were hanging out with death metal dudes, industrial dudes, uh, you know, goth kids, uh, you know, rude boys, whatever, like you just kind of stuck together because you're fighting off jocks and fucking shitheads. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would, you know, like the staples obituary, deicide, death, uh, shit like that. Um, I would listen to that stuff. I still listen to that stuff. Um, but I'm not like, uh, I'm, I'm not like by today's standards where it's just annoying seeing hardcore kids pretend to be death metal kids. Mm-hmm. It's kind of goofy, but jared actually had a band called beast plague after no the school oh yeah that's right yeah super good i I really liked that record what are they uh what are they called beast plague oh okay and they were like they were kind of like you know heavy napalm deathy type terrorizer 
you know, or yeah. like a modern nails or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. But like yeah. when that shit was just like kind of starting off, it wasn't even deep in it. But yeah, we would always listen to like Torture Killer and shit in the van and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, <laughs> we did listen to death metal quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just wondering if that ever had any influence on like the the tone, the guitar sounds, the speed of the music, the uh, unique style that you kind of brought to the table there. It, it might. Because you, if you listen to like a band like Strife mm-hmm. and their early production, you're like, man, this music's awesome, but this production is not nearly as good as like a morbid angel, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. Which you know there's more money and morbid angel you know so obviously they have bigger budgets um not to take away from strife because those records still sound awesome but you know just fooling around with those type of like i don't want to say overly produced but maybe more attention to detail Mm -hmm. with a you know simpler style hardcore it could have been cool now um one track that kind of intrigued me because i never understood maybe you can tell me but i never understood why play for blood didn't make it to the album because i remember you guys yeah you guys put that on your myspace way back in the day and then it didn't make the album and then when myspace got nuked or whatever that song i thought was forever gone and i remember talking to other people about this this know the score song that had uh pete from remembering never on it and people were like no i've never heard that and i was like no i swear it existed and then right before <laughs> delay of game that song emerged uh so what's the story with that song J- jared jared wrote that song right are you right i think so jared wrote all of that I think we song. might have been me and him together but i think it was mostly jared that yeah. song's fucking hard yeah, yeah, that cool was song. that was definitely like a rehearsal room writing song. That was a good one. Um, so, so why didn't it make? But I think we just came to the conclusion that it didn't fit in on the album, or mm-hmm. why the fuck did we not like it? I can't remember. You want you want the real reason? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't. Because we were trying to distance ourselves from bands like Bishop and shit like that. Okay, and that's no. <laughs> Because Aldo is no my dude, Pete. Yeah. and I love Aldo. He's a good guy, and Pete has always been cool with me. Um, Pete's a man, no yeah. with him. But at that time, like, dude, we were getting lumped in with, you know, the kids like us, the Bishop, the Red Barons, the Call the Preserves, and all the other stuff coming from Florida that we really didn't feel we were a part of. Sure, yeah, and although, dis- yeah, just separate yeah. yourself from that image. It was cool that he sang on it and everything, but I, I think we just felt it, it, we just it was like two on the nose. Mm-hmm. I guess it would be the best way to put it. Did you ever play? Yeah, and then we live? gave it to like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, dude, I very specifically remember playing it in was it Alabama with Colin of Arabia in a warehouse with Trapping Boys. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, yeah, we used to we used to rip it live. It would get a good reaction too. Like the part at the end would get it going, you know. But um, I think didn't we like 
eventually put it up on that thing because we were like, well, it's a good song and Pete's voice sounds fucking great on it. Like, yeah, you know, fuck it, you know, but I, I do recall what you're saying now. <laughs> we were like, oh, no. yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, those dudes don't care. And I, I mean, like, I, yeah. I mean, I, I played in, I ended up playing in a band for five minutes with Aldo. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I just think we, we were trying to distance ourselves from that, and, which is in hindsight, it's fucking stupid because it doesn't matter. Um, it was a <laughs> All great the things song. that we know now don't fucking matter. Yeah, yeah none of it. <laughs> the worst decisions ever. Um, but to us, yeah. it was like, don't, don't, just, you've got to make the right decisions. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, we've pretty much gone through the whole history of Know the Score. Um, and then you guys dipped out for 12 years. And then, <laughs> and then, and then all of a sudden, you know, I started seeing stuff on uh, Instagram about know the score coming back, and you have this new album in the works, and you know all this shit. Um, what what happened? How did delay of game happen? Well, I think a few of us recorded. Maybe no, I didn't record anything on that. So you're not on that Jeffy and Jared and Chad recorded another record. Uh, and that never saw the light of day. So that would be record number two. And then a few years passed. <laughs> well, technically the record number two was the one that me and you fucking wrote together. Was and it? then me and Jared and Chad did one that still didn't make the light of day either. So yeah. that was number three. Okay. <laughs> How much fucking material do you guys sit on? A lot. A lot. Dude, that one record just it's gone. It's gone forever. It was like 20 songs. Yeah. I didn't even fucking remember what they sounded like. Yeah. <laughs> Christ. Oh and, man. With, that was a good one too. It it was something what something happened. So the the the, the delay of game recording. Something I you guys know better than me. Something happened where it was like we just started sharing riffs with each other, and yes, I would yes. send a riff, Jared would send a riff, and, and maybe Chad would put it all together, or you would put it all together, and somehow you guys figured it out to however many songs. And yeah, the idea came to do it, and you guys yeah. were trading riffs. Chad Frankenstein them all together and made them like into these fucking songs with like um, one of those like smart drummer fucking things or whatever. Um, so just fake drums for me to hear the songs and hear like a basic structure. And then I rented a fucking warehouse and just to like do art in because I was tattooing, needed a space to like be a weirdo. If I could play some music and paint some weird shit and fucking we all got together and crafted out the songs and like made it so it was like drums that actually a human could play because they were like computerized before, you know, like mm -hmm. shit that wasn't possible. <laughs> Fuck, not for me at least. And then fucking we laid down all the music with it um, with our friend Spence. And then um, but the, when it came time to vocals, we tried once, tried twice, and it just wasn't coming together. And then we just let it sit for a while and we came back to it. We're like, you know, let's fucking finish this thing up. John McHale hooked us up with Anthony Burke, 
uh, from Florida um, to go record with him. And um, that was when we got to go in and just, we had Pete fly down from Philadelphia because he lives in Philadelphia. And we just went in there and fucking took two days and hammered out the vocals and finally got it finished. So we were, and then we were sitting on it for a while after that because then fucking COVID happened, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so good songs off of that album. Um, my favorites are Hang Em Up, Merchant of Death, um, Stay of Execution, Go Fund Yourself is fucking hilarious. Um, it's <laughs> just some like, I, I just love the way that you guys like package these harsh truths inside of like 17 to 35 seconds. Um, Smash Racism, probably, I would say, the most power violence song that you guys have. Um, when I heard that, I was like, wow, this is like borderline, like Charles Bronson type stuff. I used to love that shit, dude. Yeah. Charles Bronson and fuck on the beach and like all those crazy fucking bands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That that's, album. That's, that's cool to hear you say that. That's funny. Yeah, it's well, I mean, uh, that's that's what I hear. Um, but it was I mean, for somebody like me who, you know, I, I never had any hope that you guys were ever going to get back together or do anything again. Um, you know, it was like it was really, really, really cool for, you know, a longtime fan like myself to get that. Uh, you know, you didn't do physical copies, though. What happened there? They're, I think they're in production currently. I have no idea. We put them out with a label that doesn't exist anymore. Apparently, we didn't know it didn't exist. No, I mean it's funny (laughs) because you know if if Pete's in Philly, Nick, you're in Cleveland, Jeffy, you're in Baltimore. In a way, you know, Central PA is kind of the perfect place for you guys to start playing shows, right? <laughs> Damn yeah, man. silence. <laughs> I got nothing but time. <laughs> it's, um, it's no, it's I mean, fun we keep and around. Well, we oh. keep like trying. We get asked every once in a while to play, and fucking, we love muffin more than like hanging out with each other and fucking yeah. chopping it up and shit. Fucking, mm-hmm. we get together, and it seems like we didn't ever fucking not hang out. And, sure. you know, we had a few things come in, but we couldn't do them this time uh, recently. But Josh from State of Minds looking out for us for booking. And, uh, you know, he said he'd see if anything comes our way, which was very super fucking cool of him. Because mm-hmm. uh, we're just fucking dudes at work jobs. And like, you know, you know, we're, we're all over the fucking place and we don't expect anything from anybody ever. So. Mm-hmm. when somebody does ask it's super nice and like you asking us to do this was super fucking cool of you thank you so much yeah. Oh, yeah. again yeah thank no, you i mean we've Repeat actually myself but like we were supposed to do this back in october but we bought the house and i spent yeah. my, my entire october remodeling and shit and you know uh we just kind of got back on the ball here um i'm i'm glad that i was able to get both of you in fact uh um I I was going to go so far as to see if uh, Jared and Pete could hop on too. But then I was like, you know what? I'm pushing my luck. I've already got two of them in different locations that are making <laughs> it you, happen for me. You, you need to hire a bounty hunter if you're trying to get Pete. 
Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. Pri- I got, private I got, I got people hitting me up through smoke signals, through, <laughs> through fucking weird messages, through people that I haven't talked to in decades. Like, hey, can you get a hold of Pete? Uh, does he still have the Black My Heart artwork? Does he still have uh, the old Shattered Realm artwork? <laughs> dude, I have no fucking clue. Man. I haven't talked to that dude in ages. Yeah. Um, what does he do? He's a mystery. Graphic design. He's graphic yeah. design. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's cool. Though. Does whatever um, the fuck he wants, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I envy that, man. Often. I know, exactly. In, in a way, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's very low radar. He's been like that. You know what I mean? He's, he's been the, the, you know, a phantom and, uh, but when we need him, he shows up. So fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, he does. Yeah. Dude, he was a phantom when we lived together. We were fucking roommates. That motherfucker was in his room fucking da na fucking sports zone every day. Oh yeah. Fucking <laughs> he was a phantom in real life. So it <laughs> but was one of the, the coolest uh, dudes. So <laughs> was he the biggest sports fan in the band? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. By and large. I mean, we all love sports, but like he was the biggest one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that was a, a major theme of No the Score, too, was baseball. Yeah. Hell yeah. For sure. Baseball, basketball. Um, you know, we even had hockey references in there. Um, mm-hmm. Stuff like that. I mean, we, references. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we were all like, you know, we grew up in the early 90s when, when, you know, you had superstars like Bo Jackson and fucking – Charles Barkley and, and uh, obviously the, you know, uh, Jordan and stuff like that. But then because we come from different regional areas, we all had our different takes. You know, I, you know, was a kid crying when, you know, the Indians lost the world series uh, to Atlanta and then to the fucking Marlins, um, you know, so, you know, we all had different takes, obviously, you know, Jeff from Baltimore for some reason, Jared was a Lakers fan. I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he lives in California when he was. Well, that's there. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had family. Yeah, that, that's where his his family was from originally. Well, not. Well, you know what I mean. Where does Anyways. he live now? South Florida, still. He's oh, still really? in Fort okay. So, if you wanted to reunite and play play reunion shows, that would probably that would be the biggest, or that would be the hardest part about it. That would be your biggest. That's barrier. the obstacle. Yeah. Yeah, we've got Miami, Orlando, Baltimore, Philly, and Cleveland. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like we're all who's pretty. In, who's in Miami? Spaced out. Jared, like Fort Lauderdale, Miami. Oh, okay, okay. Kind of this area. Sorry, I'm not really. Yeah, Chad's in Orlando now. Okay, yeah. Geographically, so I'm not too familiar with Florida. Yeah, geographically, they're three hours apart from each other, and then you know, me and Nick and Peter all up here in this, you know northern section mm-hmm. and jeffy you're tattooing full-time yeah i tattoo full-time in annapolis at a shop called lucky bird mm-hmm. um that was when i stopped playing with the band it was because i had gotten an opportunity to do an apprenticeship they got to play this is hardcore for you guys played and had fucking what tall man from fucking barriers now bridges what was his name Mitch. He filled in. Yeah, yeah. It, like it was like a interesting lineup when you guys played on that fourth. Uh-huh. This is hardcore, which was the one that ended up being on the eulogy DVD of it. 
Um, yeah, and as far as Lucky Bird, goes, but I so I I went down that rabbit hole and like just became obsessed with tattooing and like my apprenticeship and been hammering away at that hard as fuck. I just hit my ten year anniversary tattooing, so that was cool. Damn, congrats, homie! Yeah, that's awesome. Crazy. Thanks, dog. Got yeah, that ten um, year now. All right. As as far as your your artwork is concerned, and and Lucky Bird, um. Thank you, by the way, for being so gracious when we canceled on you because uh, we were going to drive down. My my wife and I were going to drive down and both get tattooed well, yeah, by but you. Then you get an opportunity to buy a house. I know. We got a really, <laughs> so, really good deal. How the fuck are you going to turn that down? <laughs> I know. But it's funny because um, it was like... I'll be here, brother. Don't worry. Oh, no, I know. And we will. We we will uh, be coming down for sure. Be, but Which is what I was just going to say. My wife was actually the one that was like, you know, we can still do it. Like we can, we can still go down. And, and I was like, pushing for it. Hell yeah. I know. And, well, she's, she's a big fan of your artwork as well. And, oh, um, that's cool. yeah. And, and I was like, yeah, we can, but should we like, we're parents, we're grown ups now we have to pay for this house and <laughs> we have to be responsible and, you know, it is what it is, I guess. But at the end of the day, I look that's back and I'm is. like, man, you know, we still, we still have to come down there and, and visit you and, uh, for anybody listening to that that may not know jeffy did the artwork uh for my show which i'm extremely grateful for that was like um that was like the coolest thing ever because i always i joke with my friends i'm i'm a huge kiss fan um like ever since i was like, nice yeah ever since i was like six and uh i would joke with my friends and say that you guys are my hardcore kiss and like <laughs> Uh, so, so to have, um, you know, the, uh, you're, you're like hardcore Peter Chris do my artwork for my podcast. Dude, yeah. <laughs> you just picture me sitting on a, you got a, got a vision of me sitting on a trash can. Beth, I hear you call There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's, like, that's exactly what I had in mind. But um, it's a fucking bulldog instead of a cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with a Kangle hat on. Um, no, I, I really yeah, exactly. do. You know, when you sent that over to me, though, it was exactly like exactly what I had pictured. And I was like, wow, oh, this thanks, is perfect. Man. So, no, That's I really cool. thank you. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, Nick, what do you do okay. professionally? Um, Shit, man. I, I've been in the print industry for the last 20 plus years. Um, I, I actually <laughs> I, I've been working as a field service technician for Xerox, uh, but I uh, actually going to be resigning from that position because I'm going to be taking over as a uh, pr production lead at uh, Sherwin Williams, uh, which is headquartered here in Cleveland. So very cool. I'm going to go do. I'm actually resigning from my position uh, tomorrow, so that's exciting. But mm. uh, yeah, so I'll start that and just you know, just being a corporate sellout, you know, <laughs> uh, we all have bills to pay. Um, that's kind of how I feel about all that. I mean, it, it is what it is. If you're good at something, do the best that you can at it. Um, yeah. I, 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 like I told Jeffy, when we talked the other day, it, if these people only knew, you know what I mean? Like I, I went from, you know, working all crazy hours, printing evergreen terror shirts, you know, 20 plus years ago or whatever. And, and now I'm working, you know, for, for some of the biggest companies in, in the world. Um, you know, Xerox is, is, is arguably the biggest, um, 
commercial and office printing company in the world. And it's like, you know, to work with them and now move on to something um, a little bit more lucrative. It's, it's cool. Like, and, and to say that, well, I got to start doing, you know, this kind of hardcore punk rock shit, you know, printing shirts and layouts and designing stuff like that. And, you know, going from there, you know, because most of those fucking dudes I work with and stuff like that, they're nice people, but they're all squares. They don't, mm-hmm. they're not from any subculture, you know, they, they don't, you know, they, they listen to like, uh, you know, the black keys and shit yeah. like that. And yeah. I, I, fine. That's cool. Like, but uh, sure, yeah, it's just not the same, you know? No, I've had this conversation with numerous people now on this show where it's, it's super interesting to me. I mean, maybe, maybe this is just normal, but I always felt like I worked around a whole bunch of people that, you know, that I'll call normies uh, for lack of a better word, but I work around, you know, I've always worked around a whole bunch of people that just had no idea of the, the breadth of this like subculture that um, I'm involved with. And these people that I know that are literally from all over the country and all over the world. And, you know, like I, I'll talk to somebody that I work with and be like, Oh yeah, you know, I do a podcast and the, I'm interviewing this band and this guy's from, you know, across the country or whatever. And like, Oh, how, how did you get somebody in a band like that? And it's like, well, it's not, you know, it's kind of a family. It's kind of a family thing. And it's, you know, it, it, it's, if you're not a part of it, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to sound like too much like a hipster or anything, but like, if you're not a part of it, you just don't get it. And that's just yeah. what, you know, that's kind of what hardcore it, is. It, it's, 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 uh, I don't know. It, it's, you know, I think, you know, we're, we're drawn to certain things, whether it be from our upbringing or childhood or just how we're developed and, you kind of learn certain values and some people they deviate from those things, but it's like, you know, I work with people and, and, and they're productive, you know, or I have associates and, you know, they're, they're, they're great in that atmosphere, but you outside of that, it's like, man, I don't give a fuck about getting a beer or going to the driving range or doing any of that fucking shit. Like that is not me on any level. And just because of, you know, being a part of these things and understanding, you know, there's more to the world out there. It's like, I would rather have any other conversation um, than, you know, the fucking football score from the Browns game. Yeah. The Browns suck. They're fucking the worst franchise in the history of professional sports worldwide. What do you expect? Can we talk about something else? You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, but to them, it's like, this is, this is all they got. So it's like, it's just, it's, it's just very interesting. You know, it's like, I I worked with a guy who was like a rockabilly dude and uh, he, you know, we're talking stuff and we, there's a mutual understanding. He knows what skinheads are. He knows what misfits are. There's a mutual understanding of certain things. You know, there's, He's into hot rods and shit like that. You, you you have a mutual understanding. Okay, this guy's not, you know, doing the fucking normie shit, going to Lowe's on the weekends, buying his clothes at Kohl's, fucking eating an Applebee's and, you know, just kind of decaying really in this, you know, 
middle America wasteland. Um, so, so it's cool when you encounter people like that, but I mean, I'm surrounded by those people. So, and, and, there, and not to say there's not a lot of shitheads in subculture because there's probably more than anything, but you, it's just a, you, you start to adapt those, those type of values. You adapt that way of thinking in, in, in certain instances and, and, and the world just looks a little bit different. And, uh, you know, wh- whether it's, you know, hardcore, or not hardcore, or whatever, whatever subculture you, you have an appreciation and you, you kind of know, like, it's like an outsider mentality. For sure. um, and, and those people, you know, a lot of times, you know, they, they don't, they're, they're the ones creating their opportunities. So their outlooks are a lot different. And when I encounter those type of people in a corporate structure, it's, uh, you know, you, you can, you can tell, you can yeah. tell the mentality is very different. Um, okay. So I have a question that I'd, uh, I'd like each of you to answer, to be honest, because I don't, it doesn't really have anything to do with the band. Um, it's a pretty direct question, but I like to, I like to ask it to, um, pretty much everyone that comes on the show. Uh, what does hardcore, <clears throat> you, either of you can answer first, but, uh, what does hardcore mean to you? I know it's a really broad question, but you know, what does hardcore mean to you? Ask you from the hip. I, I think it's, uh, uh, I, as much as people say it's a lifestyle or attitude, I, I don't necessarily know if that's entirely true, but I think, I think it's, it's a movement, man. It's, it's a musical based movement with, with a lot of aggression and, and an understanding that, you know, there, you, you can have whatever ideas you want. Um, but I think hardcore is really like backing up those ideas. I think hardcore is different in most other subgenres, excluding like maybe some of the more hip hop scenes, but nobody's untouchable in hardcore. Like, if you believe in something and you stand on a soapbox, you have to be accountable for it or you get fucking run out of town. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that's like that in a lot of things. I think, you know, and, and that might not be the case in today's culture, but I think overall, I think it, it's having whatever you're passionate about or your, your ideologies and kind of, standing behind them whether it's physically or you know not necessarily an altercation but you know walking the walk instead of just talking the talk which is cliche as fuck but what do i know (laughs) all right jeffy what do you have yeah all right well i mean i I just everything nick said of course very fucking true very awesome um I don't know, man, like, uh, hardcore to me is like fucking gave me a foundation for like, for, like he said, sticking up for what you fucking believe in fucking whatever, like forever. And like, there's something to it. That's like when everybody's together, like, I don't know. It's fucking something you, it's hard to explain just like the friendships you make over the time and like the traveling and 
the fact that you can not see somebody for 10 years, 15 years, talk to each other, and it'll be like you just fucking hung out. And it's like your state's away, lives away, like, but like you're still there for each other and shit. And I, you know, that's the kind of family that I, I know it's cliche also to say this, but like the kind of shit that we were all looking for outside of our fucking miserable lives. Like we needed, we needed each other at the hardcore shows because fucking shit was crazy, you know? Yeah. But, um, to be able to have that still now, even if I don't get to go as many shows, cause I, you know, working so much or whatever, like it's just still there. It's something I hope I get to like show my son and pass down to him. The fact that like the fucking special feeling you get at a fucking hardcore show and like the friends you make there. And like, it's just something that can't be matched anywhere else. I don't know. Yeah, I agree fully, especially the part about, you know, passing it down. Um, That's one of the coolest things about doing what I'm trying to do right now is that I'm able to show my son, like, all of these different bands and and all of these different experiences that I've had and all the different records that impacted me. And he's nine now, so he's getting to the age where he can like experience it and appreciate it. And like, I've taken him to see strength for a reason, steel nation and, you know, stuff like that. (laughs) And, you know, he like, it's funny. I took him to his first big concert. um, Probably two months ago now and he thought we we were going to an arena and he thought we were going to like a show because mm-hmm. to him that's a concert so and i was like no 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 no, yeah. no. this is a little different you know this is this is a whole different <laughs> experience you know because he's used to seeing like bands at eye level or standing behind the amps and watching people mosh and stuff um but it was <laughs> it was i think it's it's cool because I had like the reverse experience. I thought, you know, going to see bands was like, you know, a big to do. You have to go to the the stadium or the arena or whatever and um, see bands that way. And then I got exposed to hardcore and punk bands um, when I was older, whereas I started him on the hardcore shows real early. And then I, that, that's even, awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the arena is the second experience, man. That's so great. Yeah. Fucking yeah awesome. It's fun. It was uh, it was Ghost, which was no nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah, can I buy one of the dildos? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no! No, we got him a. Don't look at the a, merch table, kid. Don't look we, at the merch table. We got him a forty-five dollar T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hell yeah, man! He'll love that shit forever, though. Yeah. Nick, awesome. What kind of dog do you have? Oh, I got Boston Terriers. Oh. Strictly yeah. take a guess, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Boston's for life. That's awesome. How big I have a Boston get? and a bulldog. When, when I talk, when I'm talking at the computer, she thinks I'm talking to her, so that's why Aww. she needs my attention. <laughs> She's a little diva. How many do you have? I have two right now. Okay. And Jeffy, you said you have a Boston and a bulldog. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Where, that's, uh, that's all I have too. Yeah. We're trying to figure out what kind of dog we want to get. Uh, my son wanted a Sheba because his cousins have one. And then uh, their dog bit him in the ass and he doesn't want a Sheba anymore. <laughs> Boston. Boston. Yeah. Go with a Boston. The American gentleman. Boston Terrier. Yeah. I'll look into them. Guy. 
considering it right now. My wife wants another cat, and I was like, dude, we're not getting another cat. Well, they're like a big cat, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. They fucking meatloaf around the house all day. That's what they do. (laughs) I'm okay with that. All right. Well, um, that's all they do. Is there anything else that uh, you guys want to talk about or anything else, you know, any stories or anything that you want to share while I've got you? I can't think of anything offhand. Okay. Um, yeah, man, yeah, I fucking think- just appreciate you having us on. I appreciate anybody that ever fucking let us play a show for them. Appreciate all that this is hardcore as we got to play because of Joe. Yeah. Appreciate yeah, definitely, fucking, definitely everything that anybody us. fucking fight like hell fucking yeah. will to live fucking i'm gonna do my fucking shout out list of shit die young fucking memphis and all those dudes ethan and yeah, everybody was easy like shout anybody that was ever down fucking thanks everyone like fucking love everybody and i miss going to those shows but oh yeah yeah for sure um nick what are uh live it down's plans this summer um Live It Down is, we we got a show Friday. We got the Gridiron record release in Detroit. Oh, shit. I just saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is fucking bananas like C4 and internal bleeding. Yeah. So that's going to be awesome. And then um, that Saturday, we're playing a show with C4 and in, in Cold Blood in Cleveland. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, and then we're going to kind of lay low for a little bit. We've got a few things coming up, um, that aren't announced yet, but we're going to focus on, uh, working on our seven inch and, um, we, we recorded a track that's coming out on, uh, the, um, one scene unity volume three, um, from within records, which, um, really proud of that song. It sounds really good. Um, it's, um, it's it's really fucking awesome to wave the flag for cleveland hardcore and to uh get to do it with my cousin he plays guitar he's a lead guitar player so it's like a you know we rip off integrity so bad that even the bass player and guitar player are related type thing so um yeah we, we we got some stuff lined up but uh yeah we're just just uh focusing on this seven inch and just trying to have fun, just just doing the Cleveland hardcore thing. That's sick. That's so cool. And uh, my friend just sent me uh, the flyer from the Know the Score show in Altoona. Um, I don't oh, know. If shit. Can, yeah, I don't know if you can see this or not. It is Know the Score pound for pound from pound Chicago, pound. right? Yep, pound for pound. Yeah, I remember yeah. shit. Um, actually, uh, Eddie Spencer, who's from Altoona. Uh, he passed away a couple of years ago, but uh, Eddie hooked me up with pound for pound for that show. And Ooh. I think at the time uh, it was Andy Hicks that hooked me up with barricade. It was before I knew, uh, knew them well, but so then it was know the score pound for pound barricade, terrible minds. Can't win them all expect the worst. And the opener was a local punk band called family man. So there you go. That was uh, <laughs> Man, that's wild. Hell yeah. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, I I only booked a few shows, but that was one of them, and I was proud of that one. So uh, thanks for pulling through for me then. Thanks for pulling through for me now. Um, you know, and uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. I really appreciate it. 
real Black quick, Boys, make sure man. to check out Jared and Chad's other band too, called Leveled. Jared Leveled. and Chad got a new okay. band called Leveled, Leveled. too. Okay. If you like, if you like, um, man, if you like Slipknot, um, it, it's like Turmoil meets Slipknot with a little bit of Code Orange in there. I don't know if that's accurate because yeah. I don't really listen to those kind of bands, but yeah. it's it's super well produced. It's super fucking heavy. It's real technical. It, it, it's it's, yeah, it's those dudes showing their writing chops, man. Like yeah. really showing how like know the score. They were fucking dumbing it down for us, dude. Yeah, fucking the, like, those dudes can play some music. Yeah, okay. it's really cool stuff. Really good, aggressive, heavy stuff. Well, uh, it's got Xavier you... from Forty Winners singing on it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of you uh, send it my way. I'd love to check it out. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, again, hey, thanks a lot for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Man.